Welcome to Alderman Farms Radio, where life on the farm is about to get real. And now, here's today's program. This is a podcast where we'll be uploading the audio from our weekly live YouTube shows as part of the Homestead Network. For more information, you can check out thehomesteadnetwork.com for a list of channels and showtimes, and we hope you'll join us on our Alderman Farms YouTube channel. Thanks for dropping in. Now here's the show. That's right, boys and girls. It's raining tacos (laughs) (laughs) all over Alderman Farms, and we survived the taco apocalypse. Yes. Try saying that five times fast. (laughs) Try try to say it one time fast. Uh, (laughs) All right. So we kind of became part of this uh, homestead network, I think, uh, after the origination of the inside joke about tacos. Um, and we didn't the, know anything about tacos. You know, I like tacos. We didn't know anything about tacos uh, other than we like tacos. So um, I think it best I can tell that modern mythology says it originated with at the Big Bear Homestead. Um, but I think our recent taco apocalypse, our taco bombing, came at the hands of Grandpa's farm, yeah. as I understand it. Thanks, Grandpa. Yeah, thanks, Grandpa. That it was really fun. Grandpa's here. I don't think Grandpa's yeah. here. Yeah. So, uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, and we don't really know what we're talking no, we about, know. but we still don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. Well, we got tacoed. So the other day, um, uh, it's been a busy couple of weeks. We we say that every time. I mean, a busy week, but it's the same. And I was on site with my full time job, and I start getting these uh, email notifications from YouTube. New comment, new comment, new comment. And it was a wide range of our videos. We've got over 400 videos on our YouTube channel. And uh, so I start clicking and every comment was taco. (laughs) Tacos, you have been polar tacoed. Mm. And so I'm really, I don't completely understand it. Maybe Maybe there's somebody can send me a link to a full explanation of the taco phenomenon, but it's raining tacos at Alderman Farms, and yes. we have survived the taco apocalypse. <laughs> that was in, that was good fun, you know, and it's a good thing because hey, it's it's engagement, right? Everybody wants engagement on their videos, and so <laughs> some of those videos hadn't had a comment in a very long time. But uh, uh, Big Bear just said you got tacoed, but uh, I hope he didn't miss our taco song, but he may have. So well, yeah, if you if you join us late, Big Bear, you need to make sure when the replay is posted to go back and watch the first minute and a half of our live broadcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was primarily for you and grandpa, uh, you know, with friends like these. Anyway, mm-hmm. I'm just kidding. No, it was funny. It was a good time. Good time. D- Deep South says taco means you are loved and it gives you more comments. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I, that, that's what I thought. You know I mean? I'm, I laughed. I mean, I, mm-hmm. it was funny. I told big bear in one of the comments, I said, so the music is high, but the music's off now. Yeah, the music's off now. Okay. So sorry about that. Let us know how our normal audio is. I, I'm, I can see that the meter's kind of pegging. Let me pull it back just a little bit. Um, so let us know after I ask you how is our vocal audio. Um, let us know how that is. It's yeah. so confusing with this delay, you know, because uh, Patty just got that comment and the music's been gone for a couple of minutes for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, anyway, so 
Yeah, when I first got the emails, I said, oh, this must be spam. Well, it wasn't spam, it was tacos. <laughs> How about spam tacos, Big Bear? Oh. What do you think about that? Fried spam tacos? No. I don't know, anyway. No. So, uh, let's see. We're gonna talk about, uh, it's, it's really a shame that we've only got an hour. Because, oh, be glad you only have an hour. Yeah, because when I get started talking about American guinea hogs, um, I can talk for I'll well be, over an hour. We're having an elbow. It's time. It's time. Yeah, but we don't want to go past our hour. Why is that? Because there are shows coming on after us. That's right. That's right. How do we know? Because we're part of the Homestead, Homestead Network. Network. And if you want to know more about this uh, loose band of uh, somewhat like-minded folks, very much like-minded in many cases. Mm -hmm. You can go to thehomesteadnetwork.com. There's a link in the description under other ways to contact us uh, that'll take you right there. You can go to the uh, channels page on that website, learn about the channels involved with little bios. You can go, here's the neat thing, you can go to the shows page and it gives you a, a current lineup. Yeah. And that sucker's filling up. Yeah. Uh, way to go, Brad and Krista. You guys have been working overtime. That's right. That's right. Um, it won't be long, I foresee, that every night of the week, every evening of the week, and even in the middle of the day, some shows, some of the new shows are in the middle of the day. Mm -hmm. But you can see which channels are on and which time slot. It's uh, all times are listed as Eastern time. And, and get this, their names are hyperlinked, so it'll take you right to their channel, yeah, right from there. Yeah. So I keep that tab open. Uh, although this last week, uh, we, we haven't really got to watch uh, many other shows. Somebody said the volume was fine until you turned it down. All right. And everybody was saying it was good. All right, up, well, let me so. come back up then. So. All right, I'm turning the volume back up. Mark. <laughs> so after the mark, <laughs> let me know if it's just right, too loud, or, or what. And... Um, I'm making a note of where the meter is now. That's um, right. So I do, I do want to mention that uh, Bonnie Dixon has uh, asked um, for everybody to be saying a prayer for her husband. If you haven't seen it in the uh, comments, that uh, he wasn't able to preach today because he's had two seizures this weekend. So let's oh, everybody no. remember. How about Bonnie's let's do that right husband. now? Yeah. Father, we just lift, lift, lift up um, Brother Dixon to you right now. Um, what a what a great comfort it is to know that things that are beyond our understanding are never beyond your understanding. Mm -hmm. uh, things that catch us totally by surprise never catch you by surprise. Mm -hmm. uh, we are so thankful that we serve a sovereign God who knows the end from the beginning and knows the middle and is never caught off guard. Mm -hmm. uh, Lord, we also are thankful that we serve a God of all comfort. And so right now, I pray that you comfort uh, Miss, Miss Bonnie and Brother Dixon, and not only that, but you would still whatever it is that's going on in his body yes. uh, to cause these seizures. Mm -hmm. uh, Lord, you are a God who heals. Uh, you are a God who has healed from the beginning, and, you, and I believe, Lord, you haven't lost any of your power. Mm -hmm. And so, Lord, we just appeal to you now that you would touch your servant, that he may um, that you would touch his body to stop the seizures, and touch his mouth that he may go forth uh, speaking your word with boldness. Yes. Lord, we look forward to the testimony that uh, Bonnie's going to give us yes. uh, in, in the very near future where uh, Brother Dixon is not only recovered from these seizures, but feels better than he has in years. Yes. Lord, we just ask you to touch his body and we thank you and promise to give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. So, good deal. By the way, we ask, you know, I know you folks need praying for 
But nobody has sent us an email at pray at aldermanfarms.net. <laughs> so we're sitting here watching our inbox, looking forward for the opportunity to pray for, for you folks. So take advantage of that. Send us an email. If there's a, some way we can pray for you, send it to pray at aldermanfarms.net. Mm -hmm. Now then, um, our week, before we get to American guinea hogs, and we'll get there, I promise you. Um, but, you know, we, we had uh, such a busy week. As we've mentioned, it seems like every week, it seems like it's been going on for so long. But, yeah, yeah. Um, our, well, my week kind of slowed down a little bit. Yeah, Patty's week slowed <clears throat> down a little bit. Yeah, yeah, she did, because prior to last week, she was the one running back and forth to Louisiana, mm -hmm. serving family and friends. And so this past Tuesday, um, our, our little church, Church of the Way in Brookhaven, had an opportunity to go to Baker, Louisiana, and do some work on one of our family members' residences. Now, folks, this house had four and a half, five, six feet of water in it. Mm -hmm. And uh, <clears throat> when we got there, the only thing that had been done was all the furniture and every all the contents had been moved out. There was a, I think there were 14 of us. We were expecting 12, ended up being 14 because of two uh, grown children and Miss Rayleigh there, the little girl who, who really did a good job. And in about six and a half hours, we completely gutted that house. Carpet, uh, tile off the floor, sheetrock off, insulation out, and uh, we walked away from there. I'm talking about cabinets out, uh, oven. It had one of them elevated ovens that's like four feet off the floor. When we opened it, water poured out. Uh, just look at all that stuff on the road where that, that, you know, like my youngest daughter said, you ride down the road and see those, that's people's lives. Years of accumulation uh, just devastated in minutes. But it was a great opportunity, great uh, ministry opportunity. The lady right there in the middle with the, with the LSU shirt on, Go Tigers. Um, she turned 85 the day after that we did this. Uh, you know what I forgot to do? I forgot to put our little lower third up there. There it is. Yay! That's who we are, in case you didn't know. Now i got to raise up so you can see LSU over my lower third thing because... <sighs> They can see the purple and gold, baby. Yeah, six days, boys and girls. Yeah, six if days. Yeah, if y'all haven't realized it now, he's a huge Tigers fan. Yeah, go Tigers. Well, you and know, I don't, they, I don't. they got my money, too. Can you see my... It's kind of glaring a little bit. i got to do it backwards. Oh, well. well That's Mike the Tiger with LSU, LSU ring. But anyway, it was a great ministry opportunity. Um, I actually had some... Some guys who were walking down the street uh, who just didn't have anything and um, some family, they were helping their family. Uh, they were up from New Orleans and they know what, they remember Katrina. And uh, they came by looking for some cold water and we had an opportunity to give them some cold water. Um, actually gave them some sandwiches and some uh, snacks. And you know what else we gave them? We gave them the gospel. Uh, so pray for Richard. I, I remember one of his name was Richard, and I, I'm sorry to say my memory is horrible. Uh, I can't remember the other guys, the other guy's name at all. But they heard the gospel start and finish. Uh, they when they walked away from there, uh, they they knew their their need for a savior. So uh, just a great great day. Um, came home, <laughs> fell in the bed about 8:30 at night. Mm -hmm. Patty woke me up at 8:30 the next morning, and has she not? 
awakened me, I'd probably still be sleeping. Mm -hmm. I was wore slap out, but uh, it was a good kind of tired. You know, what a, <laughs> what a mess. Pray for the people of Louisiana. They got a long, a long way to go. Yeah. And, and y'all, I'm not telling, I'm doing the comments tonight, so I'm not telling Tommy all the stuff y'all are saying. Oh, yeah. I, there's probably some roll tides in there. Get mine. Listen, when uh, my grandson was about two, I think, I, uh, I told him Roll Tide, and he remembered it, and Tommy got so mad. I thought, no, I did not. <laughs> Oh, I and uh, he's like, I can't believe you taught him to say that. Anyway, so he knew it got to Tommy, so he kept saying it. But it only was for a day, so when then, yeah, you know, we don't ever say stuff like that around him anymore. <laughs> it no, was no, funny. She's, she's blowing that out of proportion. And you know, I know we need to talk about guinea hogs, but I'm going to share this with you. I used to be a smack talker. Um, I used to with the best of them. You know, uh, all my friends who are Alabama friends or living in Mississippi, there's a lot of Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Folks. There's a lot of LSU fans here too. Though. Yeah, at this part in this part of Mississippi, uh, there is a fair number of LSU fans, and um, I, I was a pretty heavy smack talker. I mean, never ugly, you know, but but sarcastic, and I got a pretty sharp wit uh, that I have to rein in sometimes. And I'm gonna tell you something. <laughs> I can tell you exactly when that came to an end. It came to an end on the night of January the 9th, 2012. Um, I've already mentioned this once before, mm -hmm. and somebody uh, was kind enough to come into the comments on that video and post the quarter-by-quarter -quarter score of that game, <laughs> just to remind me. Uh, but when, when Alabama beat LSU like a drum in the national championship game, uh, that year, and we didn't get across the 50-yard line till after till, uh, till after halftime, and only got there once. Uh, I'll tell you, two things happened: I quit smack talking, and I quit making a pre making predictions. I haven't made a prediction since January 12th, uh, January 9th, 2012. And, and seriously, on a side note, God did that for me. You know, He got a hold of the short hairs on the back of my neck, and said. You know, there's more important things in life than smack talking. So do I love my Tigers? Yeah. Do I love to uh, pull for my Tigers? Yeah. But uh, other than a little friendly back and forth occasionally, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't smack talk anymore. God, no. God broke me of that. So. And do I care? No. No, not a whit. She, <laughs> she, she does not care one whit about it. Now, she will watch the, the Saints. Yeah. She is a – I wouldn't really call her a hoodat, but she will watch the Saints a little while. So, a while, yeah. All right. So, pigs. We're going to talk about pigs. So – Yeah, if it's something he likes talking about more than LSU, it's pigs. Uh, well. Close. Yeah. All right. So, do you remember, Patty, what year it was when we first decided to experiment with pigs? Well, I know. I years ago I wanted pigs. I thought we need we need to get some pigs. We need to raise pigs. And Tom was like, "No, we are not raising pigs because we bought some Muscovy ducks from this place in Louisiana when we first was getting into farming. We already had chickens and goats, but uh, I wanted to have the I wanted to have pork and everything. I mean, I wanted to have the Muscovy ducks to raise for meat." And well, we bought them. What kind of movie did you say that was like a Steven Spielberg movie? Like no, that? Stephen King. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't pay attention to people's names. Oh it my word, like y'all! It was very creepy and scary. And Tom was a police officer at the time. We had two little kids with our two little 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 kids with us, and we were scared to death. It was weird. Well, and I, it was I was very farm. I was very glad that I was packing heat that yeah. day. 
And it was a pig farm where we're going to get that Muscovy duck. And that's another story, the Muscovy duck story. We won't go into that now. But anyway, <laughs> we did come home with ducks, but there was a pig farm. And, oh, my gosh, it was awful. You know, not, not a stitch awful. of grass, mud, stink. I oh, mean, as far gross. as the eye could see, y'all, acres and acres and acres of mud. And I didn't realize pigs got could be, you know, so big, but they were huge. They were But they anyway, were that, was, that was the first time I'd ever been to a pig farm. But, you know, I thought, you know, we, I, we could, that would then years later after we moved here to Mississippi, I wanted pigs, and Tom's like, no, no, we will not have any pigs. And then he comes home one day and says, I want to get some pigs. And I was like, well, I've been telling you I wanted pigs, but that's our first time we got pigs. Yeah, and that's when we got... Um, that's when we had Oreo. Yeah, I didn't know where to start. And I tried to find clips of them. I've got them. I, I should have I just pulled them off of YouTube. Um, I think I got some on YouTube, but I'm having a little technical issue. I upgraded my... Uh, OS on my, on my Mac to uh, the beta of Sierra and so now I can't get to my time machine for my backups uh, and it's also where I've got my external storage and I can't get to it right now and um, I've got some videos of them but yeah, but here's yeah. the thing we bought we got three pigs the first two I didn't know where to go what we wanted to do was could we take here's our thinking can we take pigs that are that are accustomed to living on concrete and in bad environments like the Stephen King novel place, <laughs> uh, and and raise them on pasture. We had begun to learn about raising pigs on pasture, and so I don't remember if I found a guy on Craigslist or where, or maybe I called um, well, the wait, meat market in uh, in Crystal Springs. Oh, uh, for the red one. Yeah, the two red ones. Oh, I thought we only had one red. No, one. had two. So I, I don't remember how we found this guy, but he said, "Yeah, I'm I'm making a delivery." you know, to this meat market and I'll bring you two. And I don't remember what he charged me. It was a little nothing, you know. And so we get there and they were two little red pigs and I don't know what breed they were. Terrified. That, but that they were the... Duroc? Dur 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 yeah, yeah. Maybe they were Duroc. Yeah. Maybe they were Duroc cross, but mm -hmm. they were absolutely terrified. And the guy, I, I made a comment about how uh, couldn't even get close to him in the trailer no. and he said well today's the first day they've seen a human yeah it was like, it's just terrible man and they had you know they had, hadn't been on grass a whole day of their life so we brought them uh brought them home put them in a uh in a enclosed uh what am i trying to say pen. stall a, little yeah. a stall in the barn we reinforced it around the bottom i think we left them in the carrier uh, for a day or so, um, a pet carrier. No, the, we put it in there, I think. That's what I, yeah, yeah, we put it in there. Where they could feel safe in there. But it was amazing the short amount of time yeah. it took for those two little crazy, scared-to-death <laughs> pigs. They probably weighed 20, 30 pounds Yeah, a piece. yeah, they were little. Amazing how quickly they tamed up yeah and came yeah. to me and I was in I was smitten I, I, I was in love so uh, to make a long story short they took to it right away I mean they tamed up right away mm -hmm. um, they started rooting right away and uh, God made pigs to root you know mm -hmm. and they didn't have rings in their noses so uh, they hadn't been conditioned not to do that and um, so I don't remember all the details but at some point in the not too distant future from from that time mm -hmm. we decided to get to find another one or or maybe yeah just... but we got a male and a female of those and uh the male was castrated and we got uh, we ended up with another female and we we're going to buy a boar later to breed and not realizing 
you know, how big they got and, you know, how hard it would be to get a big boar to bring home that could breed the females. And we didn't know. It was our first time. We, we, the male that was, what do you call the castrated ones? Um, uh, 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 well, now, I've, I'm, <laughs> boy, what a pig guy I am. And I can't even think of what you call I started to say they'll, weather. but They'll tell a, us. Yeah, they'll tell us. But anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so, yeah, we would plan to eat him, and we were going to raise babies off of the females once we bought a boar and everything. But um, let's go ahead and end this story. I'll tell them that, uh, that had a, Tommy was out of town, had a rainstorm come through, and uh, lots of wind and everything. And our hot wire, you know, the pigs knew. They, they knew if something was going on with the hot wire, they'd go out. And um, the basketball goal blew over on the hot wire. Um, my youngest son was here and which he's much bigger than me now but at that time he was smaller than me and so uh, i went over there with bread and these hogs had gotten up to about 200 pounds each and i just realized that if i were to slip in this mud those pigs would be all over me not trying to hurt me but they would hurt me trying to get to the bread and i thought we need to get rid of these and that's when that pig story ended because i said well you know with me having to tend to them they were just too big and you know and plus, they would go, <laughs> every time they'd get out, they would go to my neighbor's house across the street, which they had to walk through a pasture to get there, lots of rooting area, but then no, they went to her backyard up under her swing set and rooted up their yard yeah. every single time they got out. Y'all, we live on 116 acres and mm -hmm. of family property, and, and it's connected to another 280 yeah. or something so or 300 i mean it's like 400 acres that these pigs could have could could have just had the best time of their life <laughs> but no they crossed the road right. crossed the pasture and went behind uh tommy Maryland's house yeah every time. I, every time it just it blew my mind the only thing we could even possibly guess was that years ago um our neighbor Tommy had uh, a pig pen semi-close to the area where these pigs were going. And we're just guessing, I don't know, did, did pheromones hang around all yeah. these years later? But, or, I mean, they didn't have their pigs right there, though. So no, but it was close. Know. But anyway. It's so, crazy. So, uh, you know, it depends on how you look at it, whether you would say, whether you would call our pig experiment, our initial pig experiment, successful. Uh, it, we got a lot of meat. Yeah, and, and it was successful in the sense that we were able to take pigs who had been raised generationally on concrete mm -hmm. and uh, put them on the ground, and they took to it immediately. Yeah, they were allowed to be pigs. They were allowed to be pigs, and mm -hmm. um, it was the they were allowed to express the marvelous pigness of pigs, as yeah. Joel Salatin says. So... That told us, and, and again, I don't remember if we immediately decided let's do this again or if it was some time later we, start, we decided, hey, if we could take commodity hogs that are, have been grown on concrete and do that successfully, surely we can find a heritage breed uh, that's been well, generationally on grass and they would thrive. Right, and plus we were looking for a smaller breed because of my experience with the pigs and, just, and having to help tend to them. You know, we wanted to go to a smaller breed of pig. Yeah, so. yeah. Hey, uh, I'm just gonna make a quick note about some things I'm seeing in the comment right now. 
Um, we can, you know, I'm seeing some Old Testament references to the uncleanness of pigs and whatnot. Yeah. And um, I, I'm not going to get into a, a big, long discussion about civil law versus moral law. I'll just uh, point people to Acts chapter 10, um, where God told Peter, rise, kill, and eat, and don't call it anything unclean that I've made clean, and we're going to leave it at that. Uh, so uh, we can all have our respectful uh, opinions about That's various right. interpretations of that. And so I'll just ask the moderators to keep an eye on it. And respectful discussion is always encouraged. That's right. But if tempers start flaring, drop the band hammer uh, because we're not here to, uh, to create strife uh, among each other. And it's certainly not something to uh, call separation of fellowship over. Uh, doesn't have anything to do with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay, right. so um, anyway, so having said that, we started looking for smaller heritage pigs, yeah. and I found out about a little critter called the American guinea hog. Mm -hmm. um, guinea hogs have become, in recent years, well, actually, in very recent years, their numbers are, are returning. But back in the early 1800s, they were all over the southeastern United States. Uh, Thomas Jefferson even wrote about them. They were the homestead hog of choice in the 1800s, sometimes referred to as Piney Woods Rooters, sometimes uh, referred to as Acorn Eaters. And uh, there, some people actually argue about whether or not the uh, American guinea hogs are the same thing as a guinea hog that uh, also appeared in the literature from about that time. But they are a lard hog. Uh, for those of you who don't know, there's basically two major classifications of hogs. There's a lard hog, which uh, makes lard, as you might imagine. So they're shorter. You can tell by the looks of these. They're shorter, they're squattier, uh, a little bit more rotund, not obese but they have a thicker layer of back fat that used to be used for prized lard. Um, the other major classification of hog is a bacon hog, and most of the commodity-type hogs that you see nowadays are of the bacon variety. They're longer-bodied, leaner, uh, and they make more bacon. And so some of the other outstanding characteristics that we discovered or read about um, of the American guinea hogs is that they are slow growing. Mm -hmm. uh, they do grow, but, but real slow. But real slowly. Uh, and, and they're they're known. I don't think you said this. They were originally a homestead hog because, yeah, because of their size. You yeah, know? they were the most yeah. popular homestead hog of choice in the 1800s. Um, they whereas a commodity hog you can get that sucker from birth to 250 pounds in six months. Oh no, sometimes four. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. fast. You know, yeah. they've just been genetically bred to grow like Franken pigs. Yeah. But uh, the the American guinea hogs are genetically pure, so to speak, and um, they it, it takes a year to get an American guinea hog to anywhere from 100 to 125, 100. Maybe 150. If well, you, and we have, the breed we have now, we're hoping that that's going to be 150. The strain. Yeah. The strain yeah, of the, the breed strain. that we have yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. We're hoping we're going to see 150 pounds at a year old. And that, that will help us tremendously. One, one question somebody asked, um, Doc had asked if they're all pure black. And yes, most of them are. There'll be some. Uh, we do have one that's got a pink nose, and she has a few little white splotches on her. But 
but for the most part black. Yeah, not to get too far off in the weeds on, on uh, the breed specifics, Doc, they, in the earlier days, in, in the early writings, there was discussion or descriptions of a blue, um, uh, descriptions of a red and black and with some white markings. But oftentimes what happens is uh, with lots of animals, breeders just kind of decide what they like best. And uh, so since the resurgence of the American guinea hog, uh, or at the early, early stages of the resurgence of the American guinea hog, there was a concerted effort to breed out uh, the blues, the reds, and uh, anything other than just solid black. Mm -hmm. And some of the recessives, you still find them. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, and this is way off in the weeds, but there was recently a herd discovered in Mississippi, several herds. We, Patty mentioned one of the new strains we have came yeah. from one of those herds and they're bigger, faster growing. Yeah. Not fast, but faster. Yeah. And there was also, I believe in Mississippi, a, an entire herd of blue. Um, so, I mean, it's not like blue like a crayon, but y you know, you know how that works, a dog that's called blue. I mean, it's not really blue, but it, it is kind of bluish, you know, it's a blue black. Color. Yeah, blue yeah. black. Um, so where was I before I got, got off on the colors? Um, just that, um, so they're slow growing. Yeah, that's what it was. Growing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whereas a commodity hog, uh, in, in four to six months is 250 pounds. It's well over two years to get an American guinea hog that big. And if you're using them for meat production, they probably won't get to two years old. Yeah. Um, you, you just won't do that. Um, some other, some of the other traits that really attracted us. I read stories after story after story on the internet, uh, people describing these pigs, and, and it, they were universally discussed as being very docile. And yeah. that is yeah. absolutely true. It really is. In fact, uh, uh, last weekend we had Mama's birthday party, and we had the family up and everything. And I, oh, I wish we'd have had, we had a picture of Matt trying to chase those little piglets. Um, uh, my nephew, which he's a grown man now, but his wife wanted to hold a little piglet or see a little piglet. So I said, Matt, go catch one. And they're not tame. So he was just running around. I was really waiting for him to fall. But anyway, uh, the, somebody was saying, oh, you don't, you, the, the mama pig will get you if you touch that baby and it starts squealing and da-da-da and all this. I said, no, these won't. No, they won't. And I mean, they didn't. They didn't. My son finally got in there and caught one. It went to squealing. And I think she did kind of, we call it barking, how they make their little kind noise. Kind of grunting. You know, <laughs> but they don't call, yeah. you know. But she, that, she was just saying, leave my baby alone. But she didn't even go over there, you know, so. Anybody who's familiar with hogs, by the way, Doc asks, where did they originate from? That's unclear, Doc. Um, the, the writings don't start appearing until the 1800s, and uh, certainly they were brought here from somewhere. Uh, Guinea would be my guess, but, but I, only just because that's the name, you know? No, um, you know, I read about that, but I can't remember. Well, I wish you'd have told me, because I've never remember. found any, I can't remember never found that. anything definitive about yeah. their, their origin. But if you know anything about the danger of a mama pig, uh, yeah. the last, or even a boar, the last sound you hear, the last warning, is a chomping of their teeth, <laughs> clacking of their teeth together. Yeah. I can't even do it. Yeah. And it's like they, they're, they're yeah, it's like. But it's but you don't even you don't see their mouth open and closing. You can just hear that. And yeah, and we've that, had them that's do the, that before. I've heard them. No, Lucy. 
Lucy, yeah. Yeah, Lucy yeah, the, is a potbelly. Potbelly pig. That was her that did that, and I did not even go in. It was when she had had babies, and I did because we always go in the pen with the mama and pick up babies, see what sex they are and everything else. Well, not with the uh, potbelly pig. Not with the potbelly. I wouldn't even go inside. I would sneak in and look in from the side because uh, I was scared she'd try and bite me. Yeah, you... Um, but but we've never had a guinea hog sow no. get to. I, I've never had a guinea hog never sow have. show me the least amount of aggression. And when we had a small number of pigs, let's think back wistfully when we had a small number oh, of pigs. We're going to get to that in a minute, too. <laughs> we got way too many pigs. When we had a small number of pigs, they were my babies. And we would be out there for every farrowing and... They were so gentle, and you know, you could walk up and make them fall over and have belly rubs, and yeah. um, and just to give you an idea about how close you can get. That's how close you can get. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I was sitting down in uh, in that hut where she was having those babies. So, Patty, you want to say something? Well, Donna was just asking, are they intelligent? Some breeds seem more than others. Um, I mean, nothing that just jumps out at me like, wow, that's smart pigs. But, uh, yeah, they know where the food comes from. If they get out, they can remember how to get out. Uh, you know, they, they, can they go, you know, I don't know. I, I would say they're average smartness, you know. Well, yeah, and it just, I mean, we haven't, we don't have one or two that, that we're spending time with trying to train. So it's hard to gauge how... Uh, super intelligent they may or may not be uh, by the way it's thundering here again so um, I just don't know you know if something happens and we disappear that's probably what it is Patty yeah. noticed before we got started a pretty heavy sale uh, but it didn't seem like it was close but I was hearing thunder and I just heard it again too so yeah I don't know. yeah so that and yeah and baby pigs you know we always I used to say that's what uh, uh, Tams uh, said that uh no 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 i'm sorry the addicted prepper said that baby pigs are so cute oh and, yeah um they are they are so precious and we always thought that baby goats was the cutest but i still think baby goats are the cutest but tommy thinks pigs are yeah that's what i tell people was i always said uh baby goats were the cutest thing ever but that was before i got my hands on some baby pigs so as you're watching this, watch the third one from the left. Uh, if you, but, you know, here's an answer about whether or not they're intelligent, because obviously uh, the third one from the left knows about twerking. So it must, it, must have a, <laughs> it must have a social media account. Watch now. Not the one that's moving right now. The, there it goes. First, there's the first move. So I don't remember playing any music, but uh, it's fitting to get busy here in just a second. <laughs> and, uh, I mean... You know, when we when we had a little small herd, I would spend so much time out there with them, and they would just crawl all over me. Um, Patty was Patty was stunned about how within seconds of them being born, they are on their feet looking for Ninny, mm -hmm. and you know, just just almost immediately. Their eyes are open, and they are just running all over the place. It's amazing how quickly that happens. There, there it goes. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's dreaming about something chasing it. I mean, how can it? You know, I mean, it's, 
I don't know. And that one over there on the right, just oh, what a good stretch. Oh, what a good stretch. See, y'all, he is, he is addicted to baby pigs. Yeah, he loves his baby yeah, pigs. Yeah, I love my baby pigs. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm totally addicted to my baby pigs. Um, oh. And the, the baby pigs, most of the time they cooperate. Um, there have been occasions such as this one when... Uh, they didn't quite cooperate, <laughs> and I had no idea Patty was filming. I don't remember the exact circumstance, but we needed to catch these two little baby pigs. I think we're trying to get them in the pig house with their mama. I think so, and there's Toby out there helping, uh, and it actually did help a little bit. Watch this move over here. I, I'm not quite as uh, nimble as I used to be. Um, you're going to see some pretty nifty footwork here or not. Uh, just a minute. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> I was so frustrated, and Patty was, I cut the audio off of this because she was cracking up laughing. I'm, uh, I'm amazed she was able to hold the camera that yeah. still. I'm not, I'm not a great film person. Oh, got it. There we go. So I was huffing and puffing, too, because you got to understand. I <laughs> yeah, because look at the way you're dressed, too. It was cold, you know? Yeah. So that's what we're doing. We're trying to get them in the pig house. I had already been doing that a, a good few minutes before she thought, um, I forgot about our lower third again. Hey, there we are, Tommy and Patty. Um, I had been doing that a good few minutes before she thought about filming, mm -hmm. and uh, I was I was tuckered tuckered out. Uh, Big Bear says that they use pallet fencing, and it works good for their pigs. Cool. Well, yeah. you know what? When we first got started with pigs a long time ago, I had heard about electric fence. My daddy couldn't tell me anything about how to fence them because they didn't fence them back no, in you know right. pre World War II days. They just mm -hmm. they you know they just ran these woods that we live in here. Uh, didn't have it, didn't have anybody living around here. Right. You know, so Tommy and Marilyn wasn't living there yet. That's right. <laughs> so, or, the, or their families. Yeah, right. or their families. So, um, but I started investigating hot wire, and there's an old uh, African American gentleman that, that lives two or three miles from here. This that he'd been raising pigs for a long time, and uh, not really on grass like we intended, but mm -hmm. I That's asked him one day about uh, if it was true that pigs could be trained to hotwire. And he looked at me, cocked his old hat sideways, and he said, Boy, you let them pigs get hit one good time, you can turn it off. <laughs> well, I need to go back and tell him he wasn't quite right about that. Yeah. Um, Here's the key to pigs. I hope Jared's not listening because... He is, and um, he said that they get out. Yeah, well, sorry. <laughs> All right, so let me just say this. Generally speaking, <laughs> what you do is when you've got young pigs, you, you keep them confined to a smaller area, and by smaller, our initial training pen was no more than maybe 25 feet by 25 by 25 and we had the hot wire around the bottom of it, good and hot, and so that they were guaranteed to become exposed to the electrified wire. Mm -hmm. We later changed to the white poly uh, wire because, for the visibility of it, and it didn't rust. And I think, that, I think the pigs respect it better. Yeah, because they can see they it better. They see it, you know. People say, well, how long do you keep them in there? And I know this sounds horrible, but I don't mean it that way. You leave them in there until you don't hear them squeal anymore. Right. You know, because, and that, that's usually maybe a couple of weeks, because by the time when they stop squealing and they, you don't hear a pig squeal for three or four days, that means they know what that wire is and they make it their business to stay away from it. Right, right. And 
I can also tell you that, well, let me say it this way. The key to using electric fence with pigs is you got to make sure you got to walk it every day. And we're, I'm terrible about that. Um, you got to make sure it doesn't get grounded out. You really should have two wires, about eight inches. Um, I like the way Danny described it. Danny, if I say this wrong, uh, correct me, please. About eight, first one, about eight inches up. The second one, about six inches or so above that. And you got to make sure it stays hot because this goes back to the pig's intelligence, okay? They will learn to respect the hot wire and stay away from it. However, if uh, you get a limb on a back piece of property that you're not close to um, or you don't check it every day, those pigs will accidentally bump it and think, huh, oh. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. That didn't hurt. That didn't hurt. <laughs> and they will also learn when the fence is not hot. Yeah. And so you got to make sure it stays hot. Now, if, here's another piece of advice. If you do a good job of making sure that your fence stays hot, don't ever make the mistake of running hot wire across an area that you eventually want those pigs to go. Yes, because once they are good and trained. Yeah, because remember that training pen we have? One day I had the bright idea of cutting a hole in the fence to introduce them into another area. And I raised the hot wire up and they stood there and looked at me like, have you lost your mind? We're not going <laughs> through would, that they hole. They would not go through the hole. I would pour feed on the other side of the hole and they would be slobbering and grunting, <laughs> but would not come across it. I finally, I don't know what made me think of it, but I took an old piece of a pallet mm -hmm. and uh, stuck it in that hole. Uh, on the ground. On the ground and made them like a bridge. Now the wire was way up above it, so it, the bridge didn't accomplish anything right. practically or, or, or technically speaking other than it changed the way it looked, I guess. And I was able to, they didn't come right across, but I was able to put some feed on that pallet and coax them across and eventually, eventually yeah. they came through. So, um, Some questions. Um, somebody said, where do you get guinea hogs? Well, if you live anywhere close to us, just come on. Come over. to my house. Come, come on. We'll over. make you a deal. Yeah. But um, honestly, I mean, tr truly, we do have lots of pigs we need to get rid of. But um, there's different people all over the United States that, that do have them. Um, they are more of a rare breed. But um, so you may not find somebody that's just an hour away. But there are different places all over that have them. First thing um, you need to ask yourself is why do you want them? Or, or do you want, are you wanting them to be registered? for breeding stock to further the, the breed? Yeah. Or are you talking about buying them for your homestead just to raise for some meat? Because uh, there's a good number now of registered stock out there, mm -hmm. but you're gonna pay for that. Right. And there's also a growing number of unregistered that you can have for breeding, I mean, that's, for That's meat. right. I mean, the ones that we're selling, you know, that we're getting rid of, that they're, they're not registered. You know, they're, right. they're, good. they're for meat or, you know, just backyard. But, um, also, uh, Teresa asked, do we have any other breeds of hogs nope. or pigs we raised? Yes, we oh, do. Oh, yeah, we do. We have two potbelly pigs. Tommy loved pigs so much that he, our friend, uh, our son's friend, actually, uh, had a potbelly pig. And she was so cute and all this kind of stuff. And Tommy wanted a potbelly pig. So I finally, I found one. I got it for him. It was going to be a house pig, but uh, no. No. Yeah, it that didn't just, work out. It was just too gross and stinky. Anyway, um, so we had to put her outside. And then uh, the little guy that we know, 
his, he needed to get rid of his pig. And to make a long story short, we have two pigs now. We have two pot belly pigs. Yeah. So that are on the place. So well, I got to tell anyway. I, I, I'll try not to make it too long. Just tap me if I go too long. But the story about the Lucy, the pink pot belly, uh, my son's friend, it, his mother-in-law had that pig. And they couldn't keep it in for anything. And uh, sound familiar, Jared? <laughs> And, well, Jared's uh, wanting to give us his pig, so be nice no, to Jared. We don't yeah, want Jared's but no, pig. we're not. No, Jared. No. No. Just no. <laughs> uh, anyway, this pig, this pig got out. We don't know exactly what happened. We think some dogs got a hold of it, and it may have gotten hit by a car. Yeah. Whatever happened, it looked like it really broke both of its front legs. And so uh, our son's friend Craig was like, what do we do? And I said, bring it here. Uh, we'll we'll confine her and we'll just see what happens. And uh, so I'm telling you, her front two legs were were useless. And uh, the good news was she would eat and she would drink. And so I told Craig, <clears throat> as long as she would eat and drink, uh, we would give her an opportunity to heal. And uh, we kept her in a pet carrier and then transitioned her to that that stall we mentioned earlier, where I had our very first two pigs in. And uh, long story short, next thing you know, she she was pushing herself around with her back feet, pushing over to a corner to go to the bathroom. And then she got to where she'd walk on her her front ankles. And this is a months long process. Month, yeah, it, it took a long time. It but as long as she would eat and drink, I'd let her, you yeah. know, and, you know, just over the course of time, you can't tell anything was ever wrong with it. Mm -hmm. And uh, another thing about pigs being dirty, if they're kept in close quarters on a piece of concrete where they can't get away from their fecal matter right uh, of course they are but if they're given space they don't they don't poop where they sleep or where they eat they they'll go off and have uh, and go to a bathroom mm -hmm. and then to the same place right right they do we had we put those first pigs we had in a garden spot yeah after harvest yeah. To get them to root it up, and they had a habit of going along one edge of the fence mm -hmm. to go to the bathroom, and you should have seen the squash plants. We ended up we ended up taking that fence down, and I put ended up putting a row right where that was. Yeah. And, yeah. and actually, um, we had them confined in that stall and in, in the in the garden area, but then it had been opened up to where they could go out other places too. But they still went back there to use the bathroom. Yeah. In the morning, that's what they would do. That was their morning routine. So. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> this is the way while, while you're looking at some more questions, mm -hmm. uh, sometimes I have to chase those piglets, but most of the time they chase me. <laughs> it's a little, I put this little video up on YouTube. I don't remember when I did. And I called, I said, I'm the Pied Piper of pigs. Cause I can go out there and holler and here they mm -hmm. come. <laughs> Let me see if I can get that out of the way. Oh, I can't. What? Awolf was asking what kind of price would one generally see for registered versus unregistered piglets. And I think the person that was asking about, about where to get them, they want them for homestead meat. That's, that's what we have right now is yeah. for homestead meat. And actually, we just slaughtered, I was it almost two weeks ago, we slaughtered six. A friend of ours came over and we uh, got out there. He brought his two sons. It was me and Tommy and our son. Our youngest son and um, we slaughtered six. What did, was it? Did it take us an hour or two hours? Because it's really not the time of year you want to be slaughtering hogs down here in the yeah. south. It's so hot. But we just needed to start reducing our numbers down. Jared, that's what you need to do. You need. I've to already told him that. Yeah, okay. and we weren't doing it 
with traditional hog cuts. We were we were actually doing it more like a deer. Yeah, like we a were, deer. <clears throat> right. We skinned them, quartered them. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I got a frog in my throat or water? a pig in my throat. Yeah, give me some water, please. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, let's see here. I think I've showed all my little clips where where our time is slipping away from us. It's amazing. Same thing happens every week. The first 15 minutes, we feel like we've talked about everything we want to talk about, and now what are we going to do for the next 45 minutes? Um, and then at some point in time, though, um, we realize the hour is almost gone. Oh, my gone. goodness. Yeah. It has fallen so, by today. But, you know, talk about our pigs. Well, let, me get, let me start sharing this part. You know, we, we originally started raising them for ourselves, um, and then we thought, then we, I guess we met a chef, um, that was very interested, understood about our pigs, the, the pigs that we're raising. They're actually on the, what is it, the Ark of Taste? Ark of Taste. Um, registry or whatever. And, I mean, they're, they're, their meat is very good. It's red meat. Well, I've got a friend of mine that got one from us a year or so ago, or maybe a year and a half ago. But she, she they also raised some regular pigs, like some commercial pigs or whatever. And the, she had them all slaughtered and she said she told me she wants two more guinea hogs that she doesn't want to ever have the other pit, uh, pork again she said that meat was red she said the other the the commercial pigs that their meat was white and she said it was so good and so much more flavorful so you know the meat is different than what you have bought what you'll buy at the grocery store and everything it is very very good very succulent that yeah. pork the other white meat it ain't supposed to be white our pork's not white. No. It's red and it's it is. It's marbled. It's, it's the little balls of fat distributed throughout the meat and they just. Now, these, just these young in your ones mouth. that we killed really didn't have that much fat on them. You know? No. That's but right. uh, they were smaller. I guess they were about six months old. Maybe. You know, something like that. But anyway, we uh, quartered 25, them. 25, 30 pounds? Mm, I'd say 35. Yeah. A couple of them. Well, yeah. some were smaller than others. But anyway, uh, you know, very easy to. Uh, you know, I could get the hindquarters and the uh, shoulders, the front shoulders, you know, in freezer bags and get them in the freezer and everything. And so, you know, it was really good meat. But anyway, uh, we decided we kept, actually, Jarrett got two uh, sows, uh, Gilts. young girls. I, I don't know all the technical names for them all. But anyway, he got two from us, and out of that litter, we kept four. And so we already had two. So that gave us six sows eventually. And we now don't know how many pigs we have we have at least 50 i would imagine running around this place um and now some of the ones we don't really want to be having babies is having babies because oh it's just crazy but anyway so we've got a pig problem um because we let we let it get away from us and honestly i i, I mean it was just you know bad management on my part you know we just didn't yeah, manage yeah. like we should have and um and, and it was anyway. unexpected when you think and, and this is another distinctive of american guinea hogs they don't have huge litters no right? they don't it's like six to eight six to is eight. the average and you know it just before we knew it kaboom well i mean you know we thought we were going to be able to get into the restaurant market but then we realized these pigs take a year to yeah. get to 100 pounds. And even the chefs want them like at about 35 pounds. Well, I mean, you know, to make any decent money off of them, you have to charge a fortune. Well, they can't pay a fortune. Yeah. You know, so it's just, it's a great, a guinea hog to me is a great backyard pig. Yep. We will keep our guinea hogs. Uh, we do want to reduce our herd. 
to, to where we just have, we may stay doing a little bit of pastured pork, uh, packaged pork. Uh, we had our labels printed and everything, so we may still do that a few times a year. We do have some customers that are really enjoying our meat and everything. But um, as far as really doing it really big like we're doing it, we, we want to keep maybe two sows and a boar, and we really want to sell out of the rest. Now, if we decide that we, when Tommy retires maybe in his home more, um, if we want to go back selling pork. Commercially. Yeah, commercially. And, you know, if they would change the rules for the farmer's markets, too, where I can bring it without having to spend $15,000 on a refrigerated truck, too, you know, we would consider going back in and maybe we would look at maybe the large black or a bigger hog. Yeah. You know, that will grow a little faster. Also a heritage. Yeah, uh, we want to, yes, definitely start the heritage because we're just so pleased with the meat. And I don't know, we haven't had the large black meat. That would, we would have to try it, you know, to see. Yeah. But, um, so our mistake was anyway. not choosing the American guinea hog. Our mistake was thinking that uh, the American guinea hog could be commercially viable uh, because in order to have pigs at the right stage constantly where you could really market it heavily, that's the problem. We couldn't really market it because we would be six months away from having anything to sell. Mm -hmm. And uh, to have the number, it, the number of pigs is, would be astronomical that you would need. And we already have somewhere between 70 and 100, probably, counting little bitty ones. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I noticed somebody, Danny was telling somebody about no smell. Right. With that many pigs on my place. There's no smell. No. No, no, you know, they And don't. honestly, um, we have the bigger area, the 25 acres fenced in, but they still all, we've got them locked back there now because yeah. they think they're supposed to be in the barn too. And um, All of them. All of them, yeah. So uh, anyway, you know, and they, and I think that the reason we have a mud hole right there is because of the pigs. Yeah. But it still don't smell that bad. No, it you don't know? smell. Because they don't poop right there. No, they, no, they, they don't they go to the bathroom They go out in the there. woods and go to the bathroom. They, yeah. You know, I mean, they, they, that's the hole they lay in to cool off. You know, if you don't know that, pigs can't sweat. Pigs can't pant like a dog. So they cool off using conduction. They have to mm -hmm. lay down on a cool surface. Um, All right, we've only got five minutes left. So let me say this, and then we're going to try to answer as many questions we hadn't got to. If we don't cover something and you have a question, send us an email. Oh, here's something we started to answer and didn't. In our area, meaning uh, from around in Mississippi and maybe Louisiana, you could pay, you're looking to pay 150 to 200 bucks for a registered guinea hog. Mm -hmm. You can find them for four and 500, and I'm just telling you. We haven't paid that much for pigs. No, but we're we're kind of running a herd reduction deal right now, twenty five dollars a head. So, yeah, <laughs> for a, for a small for for the small ones, for the yeah, small for ones the small ones. ones. And we'll out. make you a deal if you you know even on the larger pigs. Mm -hmm. um, don't forget when we get through here, Big Family Homestead comes on right after us, and then help me out, Jared. Uh, everybody's going to get a chance to welcome Jared Stanley from J&J &J Acres yeah. Yay, with his uh, the Homestead Network debut tonight. And I'm not sure if it's right after Big Family. Uh, help me out, Mods. Help me out, uh, Jared. I'm not sure if it's right after Big Family or an hour after that. So what, what do we miss, Patty? Um, 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 somebody said, how much room do you need to raise guinea hogs? Um, you know... I don't know. I can't tell you. You know, we've got a lot of room. I would imagine you could easily 
on, I mean, it would depend on your rotation, how much you want to feed them. I mean, there's some people that raise hogs in a very small area. I don't suggest that with a guinea hog. You want to have some grazing area yeah. because you're going to raise a lot of fat if you just feed them all you the time. You can overfeed them very yeah. easily. Yeah, and that's what we like about it. Is you, you don't, we are feeding our some, but you don't have to feed them like you do the other breeds. As long as they've got plenty, yeah. to, you know, they'll come home at the end of the day after but, grazing yeah. and foraging, just waddling. Oh. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know how much room, you know. Uh, does Tommy try, cry when it's time to butcher? No, he actually shoots them. Um, he, Thanks, hon. <laughs> he had, he had kind of started getting kind of like uh, tender-hearted on me, and I kind of was getting very untender-hearted um, when we first started doing the meat chickens. And at first he said he couldn't kill the pigs. And then he said, well, maybe I can. And then this, I don't know, I don't think it was as hard on him this last time that we butchered some pigs as it was the time before. A funny thing happens you know? when you go from having four or five or six pigs that you all, that you got names for and you sit down and sing lullabies to no i don't sing lullabies but when you spend time with them and become friends uh, that's one thing but when you got a hundred of them <clears throat> hey <laughs> it's <Yeah>. processing day <laughs> Woohoo! i'm like i can help but um anyway uh we don't really have a bad predator problem we had some uh neighboring dogs that came and actually was getting my bigger ones they usually keep the piglets kind of close to the house except for our own dogs our own dogs love to chase our pigs. So, and oh, oh, a while ago, let me hurry and say this. Uh, Toby in the video is not a border collie. We do have a border collie and she is part of the problem. Um, and she has uh, some puppies that uh, she has taught to hate pigs and to chase pigs. So anyway, um, something else. Oh, uh, the variety of okra was cow horn, Jared. Yeah, cow horn ochre, Jerry. Yeah, that uh, you got from me. But anyway, uh, I, I do like having pigs. I want to keep having pigs. I really like the meat. Um, I would like to, I want to learn how to make sausage. I haven't done that. We, you know, I help in all the processing that we do here on the farm. Um, Tommy did, did shoot the pigs, but I did uh, help put them up and uh, I get everything in the freezer and everything like that. But anyway, so I enjoy having our fresh pork. All right, you guys uh, hop on. We thank you for being here. Thank yes. you for the lively commentary, and we'll see you next time. Go to Big Family. Ciao. Hey, thanks for joining us today on Alderman Farms Radio. We'd appreciate it if you'd subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. Also, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at radio at aldermanfarms.net. And don't forget to find us on social media. We're on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. And our address is Alderman Farms. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll talk again soon.